Welcome back. Long time no see to turn bark time season two episode 14. 14. I'm really bad at that one. I'm the turn. I'm the bark. We're gonna be here a long time. Welcome back everybody. Sorry for the, the two-week hiatus. Uh, fun facts over here at the Turner Wolfendale household. We got a new puppy named Goose. As I affectionately call him Goosefer, um, because he is a little hellion. Um, and so I've needed my rest when I could get it. I couldn't stay up late, but now after two weeks in, I feel like I could stay up to make this recording. So that's what's going on here. Bark, how you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. We're, we're getting ready to wrap up the old track season and, uh, the football helmets came back from reconditioning in Mexico. Muy rapido. So that was much appreciated. Um, makes you wonder why it takes so long other years. But I mean, other than that, you know, we're 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 living the dream. Um, Love it. Still working on the house we bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still one step at a time. Love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, so tonight's topic uh, should be short and sweet, but we always say that, and then the time goes up. To 40 minutes. So uh, today's topic actually popped up in the news last week uh, with the House of Representatives passing uh, legislation to make Washington, D.C. a state. So, Barker, you want to take it from there? So, lay out some groundwork. So, when you say, should we make D.C. a state, people will freak out and be like, well, no. You'll, you know, I was asking people in the hallway at work. Um, it's kind of what I do now. But uh, people were like, well, no, you can't do that because it's, 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 uh, it's a seat of the federal government. The seat of the federal government cannot be within a state. And I'm like, so what the bill is saying is to shrink the federal district, right? The federal enclave, fancy word, fancy, um, to right now, Washington, D.C. is approximately 68 square miles. Because they gave 32 back to Virginia when they thought that they were going to make slavery go bye-bye. Um, which will come up later. Anyways, um, they want to shrink it from 68 miles being the federal district to about a two-mile square, two miles worth of, I don't know, space. Uh, which would pretty much just encapsulate all of the federal buildings and a lot of the, a lot of the monuments. Mm -hmm. But then take the rest of the what we I guess we consider the DC metro area and turn that into a state. Right? So it's not turning the whole thing. The federal government would still operate in a federal district outside of a state, but it would allow the people who are living in the other 66 square miles of Washington DC um to be treated like everybody else, which is really what the big issue is. Yeah. So one of the big things in like Barker reference is the goal of when Washington DC was created uh, back in the uh, late 1700s, early 1800s being built was that no state should hold the national capital. No state should get the honor of holding the national capital. And so land was actually ceded from Virginia and Maryland uh, to do that. 
And so that's where people like freak out right now. They're like, no, 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 that's like Barker said, that's not where it's at. But facts about this really quick. Uh, the smallest state by population currently is Wyoming and roughly rough numbers out of Wyoming are around 585,000 people. The new census data came out. I do not have an accurate uh, 2020 of what Wyoming uh, population is, but it is a small state by population. Uh, and I believe it still is. Uh, DC, the metro area holds 700,000 people. More than Vermont as well. Yes. So it would actually be, if it became a state, it would be the 49th because we'd have 51 states. It'd be the 49th state in population. It would actually beat out Vermont and Wyoming in population. And it's crazy because you look at those people that live in that area, they don't have a United States representative and they don't have a Senate or two senators that represent them. Now they do have a elected member of Congress who cannot vote. And I believe she can she, debate. She can debate. Yep. And she can speak her piece for the people of Washington DC, but she cannot cast a vote. Right. And she is the one, uh, her name is Eleanor Holmes Norton. She's represented the district since 1991, I think. Uh, so she's been there for a minute, and it's HR, right, House Resolution 51. See what you did there. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the reason for it is is that these people pay taxes, um, and they don't get representation in the nation's capital. And so, like, everybody who teaches the American Revolution knows no taxation without representation was the, you know, the rallying cry of the American Revolution. It's also what's on the license plates of people who are in D.C. And I can't remember who Bush took it off the car. I think Obama had it on there. And I think it's been I think it's still on the presidential limo now. But uh, it's kind of like a low key burn that it's like the seat of where American federal power is. Has the same flaw in it that caused the revolution to create this new country, right? You have people who are paying into the system. They pay more federal taxes. I think you were saying in like 20 some states. Yeah. So they would, they pay more in federal taxes than 22 other states. So, I mean, like I get like Wyoming and Vermont, like you can say like, okay, they're smaller states, you know, that's, that's, that. But 22 other states, they pay more federal taxes than. And I think the other thing too, that, a lot of people don't know is that if DC wants to pass a new law for the people who live in DC, they there's a there's a council of 12 people and a chairperson, so essentially 13 people who look at the law and then they have to pass it to Congress. Like it goes to the House and the Senate. And the the disparity, the problem is, is that DC is predominantly i think in the last election 92 percent of them voted for biden versus trump so it's it's been a i don't think they've ever elected a republican so mm -hmm. it's it's a traditionally a democratic i guess you'd say stronghold um well the liberal, think, liberal thinking like liberal mindset uh on issues yeah when it's it's an urban area so yeah. urban areas tend to lean blue versus red yep. um but they ask for these more liberal policies and then it has to pass the House of Representatives, which right now is controlled by the Democrats. 
and the Senate, which is controlled by the Republican Party. So they don't really have the people, the governing body that makes their decisions isn't representative of the population who's asking for the new laws, which again contradicts kind of the foundational like beliefs of the United States that you should have a government of people who represent you, who make decisions for you, where DC and just the irony that the place the seat of federal power is the place where people are like the most disenfranchised. Yep. And I mean, there's there's some opposition to it because people obviously the if you just look at it from a we're just looking at it from a non partisan way, just looking at the the letter of the law. There is the problem that the 23rd amendment what gives equal representation in the electoral college to washington dc it gives washington dc or the federal district Mm -hmm. it gives them three electoral votes which is why there's 535 voting members of congress but there's 538 electoral votes because dc gets equal treatment as one of the as the smallest states wyoming um the problem is is that if you shrink the federal district down to two square miles without changing that amendment, theoretically, anybody who's living inside of that, which probably should only be like the president. Yeah. Yeah. People who are residing at the White House would have three electoral votes. So that's one of the things that people who are against DC statehood bring up. The people who are pushing for DC statehood. Um, they have a essentially like an asterisk and they're saying like we fully expect or would fully recommend that the 23rd amendment we would make the 28th amendment that would you know ratify or remove repeal the 23rd amendment yeah because it would be redundant it wouldn't it wouldn't need to be there anymore right and one of the things too is like this upsets the apple cart of power right like we when we talk about this adding Adding a representative to the House of Representatives, you have to take it away from somewhere because there is law that the House of Representatives will not grow beyond 435. Like that, it's locked into place. And so obviously you could have a law that could change that. You could bring in one more representative, you know, make it 436, but then you have the ability to tie and that's not what you want. You want to have a split um, evenly. And so, so you'd have to look at that and you have to figure out what state loses a representative there. I hadn't um, thought about that. Yeah, to get that, because you'd have to do that. And then the other thing, though, is you can give two senators easily, because there's nothing saying it limits to 100 senators. It's just every state gets two. We've always had, we have, not always, but we had 50 for the past, I don't know, what, 50, math, 50-some years, 70-some um, years, 70-some years, that's bad math. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> math is hard. Yep, 70-some years. My dad was born in 1947. I can do math, I swear. Um and so uh, when we look at this, we say, like, yeah, two senators. But when you look at how the Senate plays out, right, we don't ever have that majority in the Senate that's dominant. You know, you have a majority, but you don't have enough for the filibuster, you know. But you look at it, if you add this and you talk about D.C. being a predominantly liberal, democratic urban area, you know, all of a sudden those two senators become huge in the Senate, right? Because right now we're at a, 
we call it a what we call it a 50 50 split right is what we're at with Kamala breaking the tie I think is what we're at we're at 51 50 49 I don't remember All right the the Republicans have a slight advantage I think I'm, I'm fairly confident that they have I think we know because Georgia runoffs made it so that the stuff could get passed in the Senate so I think that I think it's a 50 50 split with Kamala breaking the tie um, cause I think if the Republicans took one of those seats, it guaranteed that, that, that we could have gridlock anyway, long story long, uh, the, uh, the two senators would, would kind of break that for DC, assuming that they would be Democrats and stuff like that. And so now all of a sudden the Senate, even like Senate Republicans would look at it and say, well, now I can't, you know, it's harder to get past the filibuster for us. You know, if we want, that's two more seats that we're probably not going to win. So, um, so it's scary. And it, it looks like I was talking to my brother about this the other day. It looks like kind of like the civil war time, right? When we are doing those compromises, you know, we'll bring Missouri in, but we have to bring in, you know, Maine, right. To like even out the balance of power, right. We're not talking slave states and free states. We're talking Republicans and Democrats. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. They'll want something where they can, where Republicans can guarantee themselves leverage back against something else. So, it's one of those ones where, like, when you look at this politically, it's messy and gross. But when you just look at it on the bound basis of the Constitution, right, there's no reason Washington, D.C. should not be a state. These are people that are not getting the, the deal that the Constitution provides. One of the other counter arguments, too, is that why don't they just use retrocession and give that part of D.C. back to Maryland, which um, I think those people would say that they've been a, a separate entity for so long. They have different desires and wants, and it's a different political climate than Maryland. Um, and Maryland might not necessarily say, I'm trying to think, um, we want that many more, you know, they might not want that voter population in their state necessarily. Like, it's weird because, like, Virginia... It's kind of like 50-50 right now. Mm -hmm. I want to say Maryland's a little bit more conservative, but um, all you Marylanders out there, don't jump up my yeah. you know, my chimney about that. So you were right. It was a 50-50 split. There's two independents, 48 Dems, uh, 50 Republicans, and then Kamala would be the tiebreaker as the vice president. Yeah. But That's still... Because they had to win Georgia, so... But still, it's not... You don't have that super majority... Right, like you were talking about the sixty votes that you really need to to win. Um, referencing Maryland, uh, Maryland went. Maryland's ten electoral votes in the twenty twenty election went for Joseph R. Biden. So, oh. so I think they're kind of. I usually that Upper East Coast area, and I know they're technically in the South, but because of the Civil War era stuff like that. But they, I think they tend to lean more to the left than the right. But I could be wrong. So it's hard to say right now. I would like I would I would say political the political landscape in America is kind of yeah, which is again like the hopeful goal of everybody getting tuned down and stuff like that. But this is just when you look at it and you if you look at this on the level of if you lived in D.C. and you were trying to pass laws for your own entity and Congress shut them down, people who weren't from your area got to shut them down. Uh, you could obviously be visibly upset by this. 
Um, and then the taxation without representation is huge. They get a representative, but they can't vote, so they have no voice in government. So. Well, and I think it's especially interesting coming out of the COVID or as we deal with COVID still, and a lot of decisions are being left at the state level. That means the federal government's making decisions again for DC. Yep. Where, I mean, even we've not had a legislative branch that's been 92% Democrat. So even yeah. when we have a Democratic majority in the legislative branch, it's still not an accurate depiction of the political climate, right, of the people of the District of Columbia, which they would say, what was it? They were going to rename it the state of Washington Douglas, Douglas Commonwealth. Yeah. So that way it's still Washington, D.C. Yeah. Because at one point somebody was saying, call it New Washington. They said New Columbia, I think. was oh, the New Columbia, that's what it was. The original passing of it, which that's surprises me because I don't know why Columbia. So... feel like there's some kind of tie that because all i think about the columbia is i think of the the steamship so robert what was his name robert gray thank you that's where my daughter goes to school oh there you go that'll help home of the explorers good name for him <laughs> anchors away hey yo I want to say that Columbia is like this almost kind of in the same way, like the Statue of Liberty is like Libertas. Um, I think Columbia is like one of those, again, like feminine embodiments of like high mind, like high American ideals kind of a deal. If that makes sense. Yeah. I guess it's the District of Columbia. So New Columbia would make sense. I didn't even think about that. Because Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia is what they chose. So. So it's technically Colombia, not Colombia, but yeah. Colombia. Yeah. So anyway, quick talk tonight. Uh, Bark, anything to add on that one? No, I'll, I'll, I'll mind my P's and Q's tonight. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, again, Washington, D.C., keep an eye on it. The, the big thing is it did pass the House of Representatives with no Republican votes. It passed just on Democratic Party lines. However, the thought is to get this to a vote that in the Senate, it would need to pass the filibuster, which is a 60 vote majority. And it does not look like there will be 10 Republicans who will agree to this. Again, uh, just because I, in my personal opinion, I think it would upset the apple cart in terms of the, the ballots of power in the Senate. And so they are not interested. Uh, Republicans at the moment are probably not interested in doing that. I would say that Democrats would probably shut it down if they were a more conservative group as well. Nobody wants to, everybody wants a little bit more power and stuff like that. So uh, I'll throw out my personal opinion. Washington, D.C. needs to become a state because those 700,000 people need to get representation. I think that's only fair. Um, Bark, what do you think? On a strictly nonpartisan ticket, I would say yes. Like, I, I find it highly hypocritical that the seat of the federal government is where people have the least kind of autonomy over their own decisions. Yep. But I also understand the reality of American politics. And that's why the 
that's why the Democratic Party is pushing this so hard right now is because it behooves them because it's it's three more votes for them, uh, two more votes in the Senate, which gives them the majority. So it's it's really self-serving. They'll it's hard to sit there and they're gonna play it like they're doing it for the reasons like we've talked about when in reality it goes back to party politics where they can it helps them get closer to being able to kind of like run the show without having to have bipartisanism which is really really what this whole system's supposed to be about is coming together and compromising and right uh you know and and one of the things my brother brought this up and I, I thought it was a really interesting point and we tend to not agree on on what we think about in politics but my brother brought this up and i think it matches what you just said where i do honestly think that we need each other we need people that think conservatively we need people that think liberally because if everyone thought liberally we would be out on this wing and we don't know what would happen right the conservative people kind of bring back a lot of people right whereas the liberal people bring out the new ideas and the new waves of everything like that and pull those conservative people back so um that's just my i i thought it was an interesting point to talk about so until next time i'm the turn i'm the bark and we're gonna be here a long time have a good night everybody be safe and be well there must be balance to the force <laughs>